Well, our text for today comes to us from Acts chapter 1, and I'll read verses 1 through 14. Listen now for a word from God. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, it's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath's day journey. And when they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, son of Alphaeus and Simon, the zealot and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is God's word to us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you again for today. Thank you for this time set aside to dwell on your word. And God, as always, we pray that whatever wisdom, whatever truth we would hear this morning, God, we pray it would come from you and not from me. In Jesus' name, amen. So in my first year of seminary, um, my life really fell apart. And maybe some of you have had this happen, but it was like, it was just like one tragedy after another. It was like one thing after another after another. Not all of them directly affecting me, but all of them within my immediate family. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with those. If you want to ask me about them later, or over coffee, over a meal, that's great. I'm, I'm very open, but um, within one year, I experienced within my family uh, a suicide, uh, a pretty significant divorce, some separations of family members, and just the, the collapsing of what I understood to be my family system. And um, it was hard, to say the least. 
and it, you know, at that time, I'm, I'm going through seminary, and the first year of seminary, if you don't know, is, is actually designed to disorient you and disrupt really everything that you've believed. <laughs> and so at, at the time that, you know, my life is sort of already doing this for me, I've got these professors that are poking and prodding at things that I've believed my whole life, and the, the effect was really feeling like a little shell-shocked, a little like, I have no idea what to think, what to believe, what to do, where to be, what to say, what to go, who I am. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sort of having this existential crisis. And um, I decided, I had finished out the year pretty well, and, you know, I was, I was going to see a counselor, and I, I, I was basically just limping along until I got to the finish line, and then I set an appointment with um, the Dean of Students, who's a wonderful, wonderful man. And I just asked him if he could talk. And uh, I shared everything that I'd been going through. I was like, look, man, this is what my, the last year of my life has been. It was this, and then it was this, and then it was this. And, and then I had all these professors telling me that everything I believed was probably wrong, and, and I'm questioning everything. And, 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 and he looks at me, and he goes, wow, sounds like you need a year off. <laughs> and, I, you know, it's not the answer I expected, but it, it felt like grace in the moment. He said, you know, we can, you, you can just take a little break, you know, you, you can't stay on campus for that time, but you can go search, you can go pray if you need, and figure out which direction you need to go. You can take time for healing. You know, and I like the idea of that, but again, I had no idea what I would do. I had no idea where I would, this is what I was doing. I'd, I'd been working in a Presbyterian church as a youth pastor for four years prior to that. That church told me, hey, we think you have gifts for ministry. You should go to seminary. They sent me to seminary. I mean, this is the path I had been on for as long as I could remember, and stepping off felt like stepping into an entirely new world that was really, really scary, actually. And so that day after I got out of uh, the dean of students' office, I went and was back in my apartment, and um, I remember I was, I was really emotional, and I felt really alone, and I felt really scared. And so who did I reach out to? My mother. I called my mom, and I kind of broke down. And she knew. She, she had experienced a lot of things that I had, and they had, they had directly affected her as well. And we spent a lot of time on the phone together and just talking, just talking. I think we've all probably had some crisis in our life, right? We've all been in a place in life at some point or some time where we've sort of said, like, man, how, is it ever going to stop, God? You know, that prayer in the Psalms, how long, how long, how long is this going to continue? We've all been at a place where we're confused, we don't know where to go, and we're left asking, what is next? What is going to happen to me, to those around me? What in the world is going on, God? And I think the question is always for us, what do we do in those moments? What do we do? In our scripture for today, I think the disciples are really excited at this point in the story. And, and, and often I, th I think we miss this. 
you know, they have been with Jesus from the beginning. They have been called by him, some of them away from things that they had sort of envisioned themselves doing the rest of their life into this new profession, this new vocation and call of being itinerant teachers and, and wanderers with this rabbi. And they've seen the miracles, they've heard the teachings, they've heard the profundity of his thoughts, they've, they've, they've been through it all with him, the ups and downs. They, they went into Jerusalem with him for Holy Week. They waved palms as he was celebrated coming in. They were there for the crucifixion. They scattered just like Jesus predicted they would. They celebrated, cried when he resurrected. And now here they all together, they, they, they've gone through all of this, and, and it looked like Jesus was not going to be around, and now it looks like he is going to be around, and so they've gathered here at Mount Olivet, and Jesus has something to share with them. And they're so excited in this moment that they sort of collectively ask, or one of them asks, Teacher, is this the moment that we have all been waiting for? The moment that you establish heaven on earth. Your kingdom comes down here and we get rid of all these unjust kingdoms. We get rid of all these ridiculous rulers and kings and presidents and politicians. We, we get rid of all of that and it's just you, Jesus, sitting on the throne. And it's just you, Jesus, and the choir of angels behind you singing. And is this the moment they want to know? And in all of that excitement, <laughs> Jesus looks at them and says, well, actually, <laughs> it's not for you to know the hour and the time and the day and the place. You, you don't need to concern yourself with all the details of what's going to happen next. Here's what you need to know. I got your back. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. It's, my, it's your pastor's translation. I got your back. <laughs> Don't worry, I got a spirit coming, it's all going to work out. And then suddenly he just, from what the text says, he just, whoop, up into the clouds and he's gone. <laughs> and you, you get the surprise from the disciples, you know, the way Luke writes it, he, he almost makes it seem like, you know, they're sitting there looking up for so long, expecting him to come back at any second. And they're looking for so long that Jesus has to send a couple angels down. And the angels come down, they're like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> he obviously just left, and if he left that way, he's probably going to come back the same way. Now, Shu, get out of here. Go to Jerusalem and listen to the instructions that he gave you. And so they do. They go back to Jerusalem, and they kind of lock themselves in this upper room. And I imagine at this point, and we, we miss this, we miss this. I think every year when we talk about the ascension of Jesus, we miss the disciples in it. Because we're so concerned with talking about Jesus, which, which is good, and I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about these things, but we're so concerned with talking about Jesus, we get caught up in the miracle of him ascending, we get, we get caught up in the theology of, oh, look how great he is, look how powerful he is, and we miss the main characters of the story, the disciples who begin this book excited for what is going to come next and are instantly sort of deflated and left without their leader, their friend, their teacher, their savior. 
They're alone. They're confused. They're scared all over again. They're probably wondering, well, what was the point of the resurrection <laughs> if you were just going to leave 40 days later, Jesus? And so what do they do? When they're scared, when they're alone, they don't have direction, they don't know what's going on, and literally the world that they live in is standing against them. Just killed their leader. They gather themselves in a room and they pray. And they pray. You know, when I was talking to my mom that day, um, I called I called her because she's my mom and she gives me comfort, right? And 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 hopefully we all have a a, a mother or a mother figure someone like this in our life that can give us that comfort, that ease, that can console us when we need it. But my mother is also insanely practical. She's a business professor, and um, she loves to-do lists, she loves to get things done, and she can kind of be a black and white thinker in some ways. Just, it is what it is, and it isn't what it isn't, right? And she, um, she can often uh, cut straight to the point. <laughs> and, I, and I thought maybe she would give me some direction if I called her and I kind of shared all of this. Maybe she could tell me what to do with this year, what I was going through in my life. Maybe she could give me answers. And um, <laughs> I, I came away empty-handed. The only thing she said to me by way of advice was, Garrett, I, th I think you need to pray on it. And I did not like that answer. Can I tell you that? <laughs> I did not like that answer at all. I wanted a way. I wanted a direction. I wanted assurance. I wanted something real, you know. I, I wanted to say, Garrett, okay, you need to take the next three months doing X, Y, Z, and then the three months after that do this, and then you'll be healed and ready and everything will turn out great. And she didn't have any of that. Just pray on it. And I remember hanging up that <laughs> phone and just feeling so frustrated. Why can't I get an answer? Why can't I get an answer. You know, I think in those moments when we are lost and we're confused and we have this strong desire for a certainty, for a way forward, for a resolution, for the thing that we seem to be tripping over constantly, constantly, to just get out of our way, you know? Just let me live my life. When we're in those moments, when we're in those seasons, I think the invitation is actually to just sit with it. This is what we see Jesus telling the disciples. You don't need a leader. The thing that's scaring you the most, you don't need. What you need to do is you need to sit in this for a while. You need to feel the weight of the world. You need to feel some of the pain. You need to feel some of the loneliness. You need to feel some of these feelings that are coming up. You need to just pause. Just go lock yourself in a room. Pray on it. But not just that, right? Not just that. When you're feeling those kinds of ways, you need to also expect God to speak. And I don't know how often we do that anymore. Living in a world that often seems overtaken by data and science and reality, we often 
forget, especially Christians, those of us that are more intellectually driven Christians. Looking at all you longtime Presbyterians. We often forget that God is still speaking and trying to speak to us. And that, I think, is the lesson that I'm still learning and what my mother wanted to give to me as well was to sit and to wait and to pray and to trust that God is coming. God's spirit is coming. Some resolution is coming. You may not like that resolution. Um, it may not be what you thought it was, but it's on its way. And this Mother's Day, I just want to give you all that gift that I received from my mother, even though it was infuriating. <laughs> that if you're feeling a little lost, if we're feeling a little broken, if we're feeling like life is just piling things on top of us, one after another after another, and we cannot find a break, the invitation for us is to sit in it, to wait, to pray on it, to take it to God, but also to expect an answer. Expect God to show up. Wait for it. And I think if we can do that, we'll be surprised what happens. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you again for your word and for this time. God, be with us as we struggle and we tussle with life in a world that sometimes seems to be falling apart. Give us trust, give us hope, and give us strength. In Jesus' name, amen.